Hi, and welcome to the Genesis Podcast. We're so glad to be able to bring a small portion of our community to you through this medium and hope that you'll join us in our endeavor to embolden one another to change the world by effectively representing Jesus Christ. If you would like to know more about who we are as a community, as well as when and where we meet, you can visit us online at thegenesisstory.com. Also, if you have benefited from this podcast in any way or would like to participate in what we're doing here at Genesis, would you consider partnering with us by donating online again at www.thegenesisstory.com. There you can select the giving tab and how you would like to contribute to the general fund or even to the building fund. Remember, we can do more together than we can ever do alone. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. God bless. Good morning. Good to see you guys here. Again, happy Halloween for those of you who are going to go out tonight, for those of you who didn't go out yesterday already. There was a lot of things going on, but we're glad you're here. Uh, Let's pause. Let's pray. Let's open our hearts, our minds to receive from God and allow change to take place within us. So let's pray. Father, we are grateful for this time and this opportunity that we have, that we desire, Lord, for the living God to speak into our lives, hope, and give us an understanding of all that you have for us, Lord. May you quicken us. May you bring life into us. May you fill us, Lord, with an understanding of your goodness, your love, And may we carry that to the world around us. I thank you for those who are here. And I do pray for those who aren't here this morning, Lord, and those who maybe aren't feeling well, or those who are still struggling, Father, and maybe stuck at home and a little fearful. Uh, Whatever the reasons are, Lord, we pray that your spirit bring peace upon their hearts and their minds as well. Thank you again for this time. Bless for your name's sake, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Again, welcome. Good morning. A couple of announcements. One, uh, we are not going to be having take two on Wednesday nights uh, now through the end of the year, and we'll see what happens the beginning of the new year, but we won't be doing that right now. Um, And then also, we will be letting you know in November, we have a couple events planned for the children that we'll let you guys know more about when we get all the information, but just something to keep on your radar, especially for those of you watching and wondering about the children and when all those things are going to come together. We've got some kind of cool ideas, and so hopefully you guys will stay tuned for that, and we can do some things that'll be pretty neat, not only involving the children, but also involving us, the adults. Um, and some ways that we can work together in our community. So a couple of things that are on the horizon. This morning, I'm going to be continuing through the Sermon on the Mount, and we're in chapter 6 of Matthew. We're going to look at verses 25 through 34. Um, But I want to reframe this because, you know, we have these chapter breaks, and we have these paragraphs, and if you look on top of the paragraph of this passage, it'll say something like, do not be anxious or do not be worried. But there wasn't a paragraph break. These things were connected to all the things that Jesus has been saying. And so I want to kind of reframe some of the things that he's been talking about, right? He 
starts by inaugurating the kingdom of God. He, he tells us to believe this, that it is present, that it is near, right? It is within our grasp. And so he starts helping us understand what the kingdom of God looks like and how it operates completely different from the values, the priorities, the political systems and religious systems that were in the world and that it extends and is seen or exampled by those who are the unlikely, by the poor in spirit, by the meek, those who mourn, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, those who are peacemakers. These are the characteristics for the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus is saying, these people are blessed because they are a part of what God is actually doing. And then we looked at how there is the idea of heavy and light. There was the heavy commandments that they traditionally followed, like you shall not commit murder. And then there were the lighter commandments, like you shall not be angry at your brother without a cause. And Jesus is saying, they are both important. The righteousness that God is wanting to establish. And when we say righteousness, we mean the the moral fortitude, the, the rightness, the wholeness, it actually encompasses so much more that it doesn't neglect these little things, that it is the anger that leads to the murder, right? He talks about adultery and lust and how the lust is what leads to the adultery and divorce. And we talked about how in that culture, in that time, how it was very one-sided and how he talks about it coveting and committing a crime, not against just someone's property, which is what divorce was considered or adultery, but actually against a person, the woman. And so he's starting to unfold these things. His kingdom's righteousness includes both of these. And the righteousness is upright, moral, and whole. And he gives examples of the Pharisees' piety. And it happened through prayer, it happened with fasting, and it happened with the giving of alms. And he contrasts that our righteousness, again, has to be different. How they did things so that they could be seen, but we are to do these things so that we could be known, because our father who is in secret sees in secret and that's where we encounter him is in within our heart and not just in the actions that we do, but the motives of why we do what we do. And then Jesus talks about really two things, but he gives us three examples of it. He says, treasures on earth and treasures in heaven. He talks about a good eye, a bad eye, and you can't have two masters. You can't serve God and money. And again, he is helping us to understand this idea of one is secure that cannot be destroyed, where moth and thieves can't take in. The other treasure, uh, the things that are of value, are things that we can lose. And so he's challenging us to put our treasure, the values, in the right place. And that's where we step into Here in verse 25, Jesus continues and he says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. What you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body what you will put on, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. 
Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is today alive and tomorrow thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O you of little faith, therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Now, this is probably one of the most hallmarked passages of scriptures that has been used to tell us, don't worry, God will take care of you. And I'm sure I've taught that, but I don't believe that this is what Jesus is saying. I think he's saying a lot more, and I'll get into that. First thing we need to understand is Jesus is not trying to do some Tony Robbins self-help thing here, right? He's not trying to make us all just better people, and we're going to succeed, and we're going to do these things, and we're going to be more successful. He's not interested in making you just a better person. He is here to start a revolution that is building his kingdom, and it shows up in people who bear his character, that act in the priorities that are his priorities in their lives. And one of the major obstacles to this idea of being a people that represent the character of God is the mining. When I say the mining, remember the finding Nemo seagulls, mine, 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 mining, right? Always consuming. That's why we've titled this whole series, The Politics of Jesus, because Where we pursue individual liberty, God is pursuing his kingdom for all people. And this mining starts to interrupt that and starts to deteriorate the relationships that we need to have with all the other things around us. And that superficial reading of this, again, is going to say that he takes care of the birds, he takes care of the flowers, he'll take care of you. Now, I have always, even if I've not shared it out loud because I I didn't feel comfortable in doing it, but maybe you have felt this way too, I know that there are hundreds of millions of people in this world who are living in poverty, who do not have enough to eat, who do not have clothing, who do not have shelter. What about them? Anyone else ever feel that way, right? It's like, and then the pressure comes on, well, if they just believed, right? If they just believed, God would take care of them. Jesus says that here. And maybe even people who, who are part of our you know, community have been down and out and feeling just like, if I only believed better, then maybe the bills would get paid or maybe these things would be done or I'd have enough. I mean, we live in so much luxury comparatively to the rest of the world, But there are people who are hungry. We do work in Haiti, and we know of the poverty that is there. And there's places in Africa even more so. And so the question that has come up with this, what about these people? They were there at Jesus' time, just like they are at our time. I don't think Jesus was oblivious to the people who were struggling and didn't have enough. I think he was actually talking to them. 
and trying to present something more to them, help them understand things a little bit better. He didn't forget about them. He didn't believe that they could just change by trusting God or that everything would be made right when they go to heaven after they die. I don't think that's the point of what he's doing. I don't think he's commending us to the security of birds and flowers. Because think about it, it's not really that secure. Birds were used for sacrifices. Flowers, he even says, they get tossed and thrown into the fire. So if he's telling us, hey, just you're going to be as secure as the birds and the flowers, it's like, well, that ain't very long. Right? I kind of like him a little more security than that. So he's not saying, trust me and nothing will bad will happen to you. The second point is he's not commending the security of these things, but actually the carefreeness. I don't know if that's a word or not, but it is now. The carefreeness of the birds and the flowers. Remember here, he's talking about anxiety. He's talking about worry. And the opposite of anxiety or worry isn't enough food, enough shelter, enough clothing. He's telling us that we can live above the anxiety, not because bad things won't happen, but because you can prioritize your life so that they can't touch what really matters. And that's different. And then the third thing that I think, and this is kind of the heart of this, he's still talking about treasures, what we value. Don't treasure things that are insecure. Why go into worry? So example, if you're anxious about your looks, or maybe more general, your youthfulness, right? Oh no, I can't walk upstairs like I used to. I can't get out of bed like I used to, right? I I, I can't do, and, and you start worrying about all these things. They start pressuring in on you. What can you do about it? Right? You, you can't change those things. And if your treasure is those things, how can you not worry about aging when that is what you value? Or, or if your value is really about finances, how do you not worry when you see the economy going south? Right? All of a sudden, it's like, oh, no, what am I going to do? What's my retirement? Look at the stock markets. Whatever it is, you start worrying because that's the thing that you're putting so much value in. What Jesus is saying is the reason you are anxious is because you are treasuring wrong. In other words, too much of your priority is worried about things that you have no control of and that are going to fade, going to rust, moth can come and eat, thieves can come and steal, something you're going to lose. And what you're trying to do is hold on to things that aren't secure. We can be as carefree as birds and flowers when we treasure the things that are important in the kingdom. And this changes everything, or I think it can. And it's not like, here's the answer, you guys. I'm going to give you something now, and you're all going to go away and be happy ever after. This is something that we wrestle with continually. It doesn't mean other things don't have any importance, doesn't mean your health isn't important. Doesn't mean your finances don't matter. 
but it's about prioritizing what's most important. And if we are being anxious, then it shows we're prioritizing wrong. One of the things that I think happens to us is we try to damage control everything so that we can keep ourselves from bad things happening. And that's just impossible. All right, have you guys discovered that? I mean, you can do pretty well, but then get in a car accident. Then you get sick. Someone you love gets cancer, COVID. And all of a sudden, all the things that you tried to control with whatever things they were, all of a sudden they start to fall apart because we can't control these things. And trying to control, trying to damage control these things, trying to manage our lives so that we are in charge, so that nothing bad happens to us. And then we go to Jesus and we say, you said we'd be okay. You're going to take care of the birds. You're going to take care of the flowers. You're going to take care of us. But I'm going through these things. And maybe what's happening is actually the things we are going through aren't the things that can rob our treasure if we weren't treasuring them in the first place. And I want to try and explain that. And this is something I've been kind of wrestling with. You know, a while back, Corrine, my daughter, and my grandson, Judah, were all there. And I forget what the conversation was. And Corrine was half-jokingly said, oh, man, if that happened, I would die. She just said that. And it was after my mom had died, and so I know Judah was aware of death to some degree, and immediately, without a beat, because those little ears pick up everything, without a, missing a beat, he says, if you died, I would be sad, and I would miss you. And then he just kept on going, right? And we're all like, oh, you know, like, oh my gosh, what just happened here? And you see, what I think's happening is he was replying to what he was feeling. He was present with what was going on, with what would happen, that he would miss her if she was gone. And that was real, and that was important, and that can't be taken away. That feeling of concern, that feeling of love, that feeling of wanting you there, What we want Jesus to be saying is that if something bad happens, God will change it and make it good. And when he closes the door, he opens a window, right? Some kind of hallmark thing like that. But Jesus even says sufficient for the day is its own trouble. It's like, no, there's enough problems. You're still going to have them. They're not going away. They're here, right? All those things you're worried about losing, you kind of will, right? There. Welcome, everybody. Have a great day. Today's bad enough. Well, I know that's not comforting unless being present in the day is actually enough. I I think this is what he means when he says all these things will be added, right? You, You can actually appreciate the gifts when they're not your treasure. You can actually appreciate the relationship for what it is even when that person is sick. You can spend that time with them. Even when your health is failing, you can make the most of life and what you have right then. If that is what's happening, then your treasure is not taken because it's deeper and it's more important. 
little while back, I was on Instagram and a mom who had lost her son a few years back had posted something because it was the anniversary of his death. He was in an accident. And I did the memorial years ago. And I saw that, and again, it just broke my heart. And I sent a comment back to her and just said, thinking of you and praying for you through this time. And then she sent a message back saying, I'm so thankful for the memories I have. And I'm thinking things that cannot be taken away, things that are valuable. There's still treasure there, but it's different. And there comes a time when we recognize that nothing really belongs to us, not our money, not our homes, not our health, not our spouse, not our kids, that everything is to be used, cared for well, Otherwise, it will become a danger of us trying to mine it and make it all about ours. Right? And we do that with our kids. <laughs> Anyone else relating to that? We can do that with so many things. And then they go and move, and then they might even leave the state or, God forbid, the country. It's like, what? How can you do that? And don't you dare take my grandkids. Mine. Mine. And Jesus is revealing a a rightness, a righteousness that has its security based in the character of God as revealed in Jesus. And when we live into this and it's treasured, it becomes our priority. We can become vaccinated from the treasures that will break our hearts. Is it too soon to use that word? Are we okay with that? Think of the things that we are worrying about these days, our health our freedoms. What would happen if we stopped focusing on what's mine and instead, what does Jesus look like in all these situations? And I feel like sometimes we just need to step back and get a a reality check, right? We are spinning on a rock at 1,000 miles an hour that is hurling through space at 67,000 miles an hour around this fireball that is basically a trillion megaton bombs. And you're worried about what? Right? I feel like if you're worried, oh, we're becoming more socialist, you know, I'm worried about this. There's other things going on, right? I think we need a bigger imagination to see what's happening here. Now, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying you shouldn't be concerned about the the society you live in and you shouldn't be concerned to vote and do those things. I think you need to do all those things, but is it taking your, your, your joy? Is it making you anxious? Is it making you worry? Are you putting so much stock in things that will fade, that will change, that aren't going to be here forever, and you're losing a perspective about things that are more important that really matters. And what I'm saying, and more importantly, what I think Jesus is saying is that if you treasure, if your treasure can be taken away, then it's the wrong treasure. And maybe that's the takeaway. If I'm anxious, maybe I'm treasuring wrong. And you need to become 
more like the birds and more like the flowers and more like the kids. Yesterday, I went out, threw something out in the trash, and when I walked out, I looked, Judah was in the backyard, stark naked, running around in the water, just not a care in the world. I'm not saying you should do that. <laughs> but there is a carefreeness that Jesus says the kingdom of heaven belongs to them, that we need to understand these things are there. If I'm focusing on my rights, my freedoms, my liberties, again, those things are important. And as far as I know, we have the best bad system on the earth. But if it doesn't look or sound like Jesus, it isn't Christian. Even if it's coming from people who believe in Jesus, we just need to imagine things differently. And I was thinking about what would be something that we could imagine differently? It's funny. One of the things that the most innovative and successful people in the world have in common is they were all into science fiction as they were growing up. And this idea of something more that could be fueled their ingenuity. And so they invented things like helicopters and rockets and cell phones. You know, you see Star Trek and they got those little intercom things, you know, and now we have cell phones. Someone said, I think we can make this work. It started with this imagination. Why not have an imagination for the kingdom of God? What would happen if, let's take a hot topic, why not? Um, Immigration. What would happen if, our immigration posture policy became from a perspective that we have been blessed so much. How can we find a way to safely be able to share in a healthy way instead of mine protect? Now, we still need borders, We still need to keep people safe. We still need to manage things. But what if the posture was just different? What if we said, we got a lot. We can help this world. What can we do? I know. Let's think about it differently. You see how it could change how we pursue? Because when I see the news and I see the border, there isn't that conversation. And it's terrible, the things that are happening. And it is criminal. And of course, there has to be those policies and controls, but just moving from a mine, an eye of scarcity to that of generosity could change everything. Any political participation that leads me to contempt is a political view that I should put aside for the sake of my following Jesus. This is why the politics of Jesus seems or seen in the Sermon of the Mount, is so devastating. It's so undoing of the religious and political enterprises that existed and exist. It's so devastating to the emprise of Sam Scotty, enterprise of Sam Scotty. It's so devastating to me and the wanting in my own life. And so I want to take time here 
and we're going to take a break. I'm going to have Lydia close in a song, but then I'm going to have us just meet in small groups, and I want you to ask a couple of questions. What are the things that are causing anxiety to you? And can you see how they're connected to what you treasure? And then I want you to imagine how the treasure of God and his kingdom could help where you're at. You might not come up with an answer, but maybe it'll spark something. So we're going to have Lydia come. We're going to close online, but then we're going to just kind of have a few minutes where we share with one another. Okay, Lydia, you and Pip coming up. May you treasure the things that will not feed your anxiety. And may you recognize that your worry and anxiety are being fed by treasuring wrong. And may you allow Jesus to undo the way you think that does not look like him. God bless you guys. God bless you online. Love you guys. And you guys staying here, if you could stay for just a minute, I'd like to do just a small exercise, if that's okay, by you guys. (laughs) You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.